Well, finally, on Thursday's show, Kirk admitted he loved me. He basically said he loved all the haters of the show. And, uh, Kirk, I love you too. I mean, I'm a healthy hater. I'm not one of these unhealthy haters of the show. And I'm joined by another, well, I'm not going to say a hater of the show, but a real cunt. Red, how are you? I am, but uh, Menners, I'm doing well, man. It's good to see you. I, I don't think you're a hater, Menners. I don't think you're a hater. You love this show. You love oh, I love the show, but I am yeah. very critical at times, of critical oh, of Carl. Sure. And Kirk was alluding to the fact that now I'm a Robber fan. He he said how bizarre it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad Kirk knows that I'm a big fan of the show and my criticisms are obviously mainly leveled at his producers. Yeah, I don't know. You turned into the Steve Robinson fan. I don't know how this happened, but this is where you're at right now, and it you know, we used to be able to bond on these things, the hating of Steve Robinson, and now we can't anymore. Now we're now we're adversaries. Uh, you know, it bums me out. I miss old manners in that way. You know? <laughs> I just I just now see Steve's value as compared to Carl. Uh, all right, but that was nice of Kirk to acknowledge that he he loves us all, and mm. uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't need Kirk's sort of public um, statements of love or anything just but just to know deep down it's there is enough for my little australian soul do who would love you more I, and i wonder this does does big cat does big cat or kirk do you wonder like would they send your tweets to each other and be like I wonder if big cat sees your tweets and he sends it to kirk like who is this fan of yours why is he always tweeting at me about my coffee and stuff like that like you must you must come off as such a dickhead to both of those guys. Maybe. I, don't I, know. I lost to Big Cat though because I went through a phase where every day I was tweeting his coffee tweets, and then he just wore me down. Like he just keeps doing it <laughs> every day. That fat fuck has to let us know that, like every other fucking person in the world, he drinks a coffee in the morning and it makes <laughs> it feel good, and he thinks that's entertaining. I mean, come on. I think it's directed. Right. Every time I see it in the morning, I'm like, that's just, I just think of you every single time. It's great. I love it. Uh, but who am I to tell Big Cat how to be entertaining? I mean, that's true. He, he, he tweets so much every day, I guess, if he wants to tweet about coffee, but it's the principle that annoys me. It's, it, it's, I know it's a weird hill to die on, but I, it's just like saying, I got up this morning. Yay. Like, okay, fuck off. I don't need to hear that every day. I wanted to I wanted to do a thing where I just kept tweeting at you, tweeting at him, but like you said, he wore you down, so you kind of stopped doing it for a while. But I just wanted to like just see how far, how deep down we could just keep that going. Have somebody then tweet at me about <laughs> tweeting at you, tweeting at him, and see how far we can go. Oh well. We've got bad. better things to do. Yes, we do. All right, let's get into taking care of business before we get into the show stuff. Um, the, the fallout from the last episode of Minna Fandom was intense. Uh, it was a great episode, but I have to say, you know, working with VD is draining. And as much as I enjoyed it, as I've said publicly, he should do Minna Fandom, I'll do Minna Fandom. Uh, but, yeah, it was a show for the ages. I think it really struck a chord with VD, the doxing accusations. It did. It seemed like it. Uh, I can't imagine what your DMs were like afterwards with him. It seems like he probably DMs you a lot. He probably because t- he tweets at you a lot. Um, I don't know how you deal with that kind of volume. It, it's it's too bad. I hope I hope for the best. I don't hate anybody. I'm not a hater. That's not what I do. Hope for the best for him. Um, I don't know how I feel about last episode. I don't know if that was our best. I don't know. 
it seemed like it was all over the place. But I thought it was, it was great. I listened back to it and I don't listen to all of them, but I wanted to listen to this one just to see what it was, what it was like. And I missed a lot. And look, as a listener, it was really good. It was energetic. There was a lot of arguing. It was funny. Uh, the sound was fine. All those idiots out there complaining about red being a bit louder. Guess what? We were louder when we were shouting into our microphones, Davey, you fat, dumb fuck from Hull. Um, <laughs> and, and I, after every episode, especially like that, I do put a limiter on it. So you should have heard it before I took the peaks out. I listened back to it. It was it sounded really good. Um, I, I think, though, for us, though, I, I couldn't do that every week. I want to have – I have a lot of fun with you. As I've said, you're the best host I've ever worked with on any podcast ever, including, you know, cricket commentators and all that stuff. You know, you're, you're the number one. So bringing somebody else in does take away from that. Well, it does, and anybody who shows up with a monotone style, low energy, who has a list of gripes, like to me, I don't know if that's entertaining. Like, I like the back and forth. I like that you and I listen to the show. We listen to Kirk Manahan's show. We are engaged in it. There were times during that episode where I just felt like what VD was saying was the same things I heard from him back in 2020. Like, it was old, old takes. And I don't know if he's actually listening to the show. Like, I know you're deep into it. Um, so it's just at some point, like, I just, I guess I got mad. It was like, I just get annoyed. Like, he just keeps going and going and, again, low energy and list of gripes. And it's just, to me, and it sounded like Kirk was pissed off about it earlier this week because it just, it's it's not entertaining. It's just not. Uh, it's funny because I. It felt to me that it was a, a desperate grab for attention by Dave. Some of those takes were really uh, sort of light yourself on fire stuff. And, look, I've done that in the past, so it would be silly for me to be too critical. But the fact that Dave delivers it in a monotone does give it a different slant, but I think it's still the same. Like, he was just desperate for attention from uh, Kirk. Yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad Kirk didn't swing at that pitch. I mean, he seemed like he hinted at seemed like a lot of that Monday show was when he was criticizing the fans. It sounded like he was talking about BD, which like, so it was like Kirk was going to criticize him without actually saying his name, which I liked. Like, don't swing at the pitch. Don't, don't engage. Cause it just sounded like you said, desperate, totally desperate on his end. And then another one of your co-hosts, that fuckhead Ziggy Robinson, that fucking pussy pissed me off so much after the last show. So I get it now. I didn't get it at the time, but when I brought up the doxing stuff, that upset Ziggy because I think he felt like I was sort of stirring up the hornet's nest and maybe this will come back on him eventually. So he's just such a fucking pussy. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, have some balls, you fucking dumb prick. But then... But then I asked him to come on Minifandom in the DMs. He gave me this condescending asshole type answer. So I blocked that fuckhead. I hate him. I agree with um, you two, you and VD, that Ziggy's an asshole. Finally, I'm on board. And he's just a smug cunt. Like the fact that he hid behind that stupid dog mask when doing those shows. And I know he's like in Boston and he knows a few of the media people there. I think he's fucking got some, you know, um, fucking anal beads up his ass or something the whole time, but he can just fuck off. Well, listen, he's not for everybody. I know Ziggy. I love him. I hate him. He is the worst. Uh, I did. I did enjoy doing a show with him. He's he can be condescending. I think that's probably a fair statement. Yeah, 
He can be that sometimes. We all can be that. You and I can be that. I mean, yeah, but I do not like being spoken down to the way he did, especially in DMs, like when you're just asking someone on your podcast. Like, that's fine. If you're having a bit on Twitter and you're making a bit of a joke, I can sort of, I can accept that. But then to be like that in DMs, like I'm not coming on your show. I mean, go fuck yourself. You're not that entertaining. I don't care. I'll never ask you one again. I I hope you fucking drive off the road and die as soon as possible. (laughs) Oh, oh shit. Whoa. Okay. Well, uh, listen, I, I don't, he'll never hear this because I don't think he listens to our show, unfortunately. And now that you've blocked him too, I don't know if he's ever going to understand what's going on here, but maybe I can pass along these messages. To you him. don't have to pass anything to him on, but all you Mina fans out there, you know, he's one of the all time worst Mina fans. So, uh, you know, he's earned that honor. He can go fuck off. I agree with oh. VD on that. And, and last bit of TCB, I want your opinion on this. Please. So Tony, who is uh gigs better half from better than mm. it used to be has been giving Great VD guy. a lot of shit for a long time. He doesn't like, VD and VD asked him to come on Minahandam to talk about it. And Tony was like, no, and gave him this long answer about why he wasn't going to go and talk to VD on his show and give his show a bump. And I just think that's soft. I mean, Tony, come on. Like, if you're going to talk shit about someone like that and they ask you on, just well, fucking I mean, go on. But what did, he, what did he really say to VD that was like warranted? I mean, he's just chirping. Like, this is the thing that I don't like too. I think VD blocked him. Montante, I'm going through something with Montante right now. I don't know when these guys got all sensitive. VD and Montante, they get entirely way too sensitive. They can't handle handle criticism. They love to chirp people. They don't like it when they get chirped back. And then they get sensitive and they block people. Or, like, I know Montante has me muted. He's he And he's, he's down. He's giving us a one star on our show because he's got an issue with me. I've done nothing to the guy. I mean, these guys are soft manners. I can't let you come at Tony like that. Tony's just saying, no, man, like you have me blocked. I'm not coming on your bullshit show, which, by the way, when is that show even coming back? I have no idea when that show is coming back. So No, yeah. but, but but I think Tony's a content guy. He should have done it. Uh, oh. And on Montante, I don't know what you did to upset him. I thought I was the one that upset him because he fucking swung at a pitch from the last show where I, I accused him <laughs> of being racist. And then he, he replied, oh, What's the most racist thing I've said? And fortunately, I'd clipped audio from his show, which was the most racist I've heard him. So I had it in the the chamber ready to fire at him. And I, I released it. I didn't want to, but he asked. Um, and he, so I think he we destroyed he's Montante. Like, he's quadrupling down on that too. With the audio that you have, he's still not admitting that it's racist. It's I don't know how to explain to somebody with the audio of them saying racist things how to then explain to them that it is indeed racist. Like, I don't know, I don't know what else you need to say to the person, but he's, he's absolutely delusional. I think, I don't know if like the lack of hair and the testosterone up on top of his head is like creating like uh, a blockage to his brain. I don't understand what he's doing there, but he just doesn't get it. I'm not sure there's a brain there, Red, to no, be honest. All right, let's get into the main show. We got a surprise Monday. Everyone criticizes me for not calling the main show. How can I call the main show? The, the, the routine changes no. all the time. No, 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 no. I was, no, I was no, caught no. off this time. Didn't even no, know they were recording. No, no, no. I'm not going to let you get away with this. Now, the Monday one, I totally understand because there was no way to know. But you had Wednesday and Thursday. They were taking calls. 
You should have called But you don't know they're recording then. They haven't gone through the schedule, said when they're recording, whether it's morning, afternoon. So, you know, what you're saying is, man, is get up at three or four in the morning, set your alarm, wake up the house, have a shower, go to the car, and hopefully they'll be taking calls then. Like, Wait, um, why are you going to the car? What, what the car? What are you doing at the car? What are you doing there? Well, you doing? How, how am I going to be screaming at Kirk and Carl while my family's asleep at four in the morning? Is that what you did? I remember remember the uh, the episode yes. with you and Maya. So you went yep. out to the car and you did I went it out to the car. Actually, I had to drive a, a block because I didn't have great reception and did it from the car in oh, the middle of no the night. Way. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> well, what are you saying? Oh, no. I mean, the time difference is a real thing. No, I know. I'm with you. I just, I'm just getting that. I'm envisioning you in your pajamas, you know, your jammies. Maybe you got your footy pajamas on and you're, you're driving. Just a boxer, your, boxer yeah, shorts. Oh, nipple, you're nipple the ring car out down the road and, and you know, fitting that into your schedule. I'd love that. That's a great image. I love all that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you I, can I, do it. Look, I did. Just don't yell. I, I want to be booked on the, the main show. So I've said to Visionless Dave, if, if he can get Kirk Minahan to book me to call in, then he can come back on Minifandom. So come on. we'll see. Come on. You want to get booked? Yeah. Minute. Minutes, yep, you absolutely. Want, you want full access to the network. You want to get booked on the main show. Yep. Who Who do you think you are? What are you doing? Red, if you don't value yourself, no one else will value you. Wow. Gary V. Oh, probably, probably not Gary V, but it probably could have been. Not. I love that. <laughs> All right, Monday show, though. Um, Kirk said he was going to quit. Uh, then I did a quick reaction at the time. So everyone knows I didn't believe him. I got that straight away. And then Kirk elaborated on Thursday's show and said it was more out of boredom and looking for a change. Red, what's your take? I, this is the thing with, with him. It's, it's a roller coaster of emotions all the time. This show has been, as we've talked about in the past, it's been on an absolute heater. Um, they've been doing a great job. And then he comes in on Monday's show and all of a sudden, show is over, right? It's just he's gonna be, he's gonna give you like a couple of months, and then he's gonna be done. And then during that show on Monday, he starts to already kind of backtrack a little bit. And then on Wednesday, he's telling us that you should be skeptical, and and you and I both were. I know that we were exchanging some DMs. I just, I don't know where his head is at. This roller coaster for me, I love the show. But at some point, man, you just got to accept the fact that it's a great show. You're doing a great job. And it's not going to get worse. It could get better. It could grow. It could expand. It could be it could be a $5 million show. So I don't know. I guess I just don't have that mindset that he has where he's talking about how it's it can only get worse from here. I don't understand that at all. That does, that's, that's stinking thinking, as somebody would say. Yeah, I think that's his real depression coming out there and his fears, obviously, he's projecting them. And he did say, you know, this is all in his head and a lot of other podcasters wouldn't, uh, you know, make it speak it out for everybody to hear. But uh, I think that the creative stuff I kind of get, and he elaborated on Thursday that, you know, he gets bored with things. And I can see him looking at the year ahead going, okay, so it's just going to be two days with Mike, one day with Chris. He's basically done that for the last year and a bit. I think Chris Clemmer started regularly the beginning of 2021. So it's been a year of this kind of format. So I can see Kirk feeling like he needs to shake it up a bit, um, add something into the mix to just get the juice flowing again. So I do get that creatively that, okay, what's going to keep him interested? And, and actually, you know, I really love the main show and I'm not a hater, but 
it, I don't think it's quite had the snap and crackle that it had maybe a, a year or two ago. It's it's a nice show, but everyone you know gets on well. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's my thought. I can see why he'd be looking at how can I keep this interesting for myself. It's amazing to have that good a show and be bored. I guess I just I, I guess that maybe that just speaks to the talent. I don't know, but I I, I couldn't imagine being and producing that good of a show day in, day out, week in, week out, and then just be bored with it. It's amazing. But I I wonder, you know, he goes off and does the case. He's going to get bored with that, isn't he? I mean, everything's going to get boring to him, right? So eventually, when do, when do you – I don't know. I just I, – I love the show, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bummed to see that it's gone, but I don't actually believe it's ever going to be gone because I don't think he's yep. ever going to be able to quit it. I agree. 2032 is when it's going to end. He loves this shit. He loves it. Now, what did you think of my idea that if he really wants to change things up, why doesn't he do KMS just once a week? And he said on Thursday's show, oh, would that work because you just come in once a week and there's no momentum, blah, 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 blah. But I actually don't think it makes a difference. Podcasts can be once a week and gain a lot of momentum. Going from five to three days didn't make a big difference. If it is about him getting bored, maybe one monster show a week will be more interesting for him. Yeah, and, and when I heard, uh, uh, shout out to Chris Clummer because I remember I wanted to bring this up later in the show, but you know he's asking Chris. Chris is asking Kirk these questions, and I feel like he's speaking for us, the fans. So when he's asking him that question, I'm thinking of you because I remember you brought it up. I don't understand why you couldn't do one show a week. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know why you you can do live shows, but you couldn't do one show a week. Like, to me, that doesn't make sense. I think you're right. Like, you could do one show, three hours, whatever it is, or an hour, whatever you want to do, or one or two shows. But I guess it's just the format, right? He's just bored with the daily topics. I think that maybe it's because he he can't find people to argue with, and he loves that. He loves the fight, and nobody's going on any shows anymore. Everything is segmented now uh, when it comes to politics and everything else. I mean... If you look at our country here in the U.S., everybody basically just wants to divide the country, like literally divide it into two different separate countries. Maybe Kirk is fed up with the daily news that's going on, and he, he doesn't want to talk about COVID. He doesn't want to talk about the pandemic. I think he's just absolutely bored with this thing. But a one show a week would still be a phenomenal show. But I, he's just totally bored with the format. I personally think I could save the show for him if he were to somehow arrange for me to move from Sydney to Boston and be his permanent co-host. I actually think it would be better because at the moment Mike and Chris are scared of Kirk. That's part of the problem. They are petrified of him. What Kirk needs is someone who goes in there who's not scared, who's actually just going to push back a bit like Jerry used to do when they were having a great time and – start things up. I mean, you know, he needs more manners in his life. And then I don't think he'll ever want to walk away. Well, well, I don't know. I don't, if he gets more manners, I don't know if he's going to be happy with that. Manners. I would mm. love it personally, but well, I can use all the manners I can get, but I don't think you're, I mean, you're not for everybody. You know, my vision is he walks face. into the studio and I'm sitting in his chair waiting for him or, or, or I get up and I give him a big hug in the studio. He's going right to McLean's. As soon as he sees you, he's going right there. Like he's, <laughs> he's had enough. I, I guarantee you. I, 
I, I, I think you're absolutely right, though. One show a week would be great, but it's the format. It's, it's everything that goes into it. He's just bored. But, but what about then doing some specialist shows? So say Menes can't get over there or he can't afford me or whatever. Um, yeah, so exactly. Then he, what do you think of my idea? He does KMS once a week, but then he does maybe a, a show a week on movies, like whether it's a, reviewing a classic movie or whatever he wants, but do something to test him, try something different. And that would, that would still be the Kirk Minahan show. Absolutely. You know? Like he could still just do these interviews that he's trying to get. That Dave Cullinan's going to get those guys. Don't worry, he's going to get them. That, that list, that long list, he's going to secure those guys. Don't laugh at that. But I, he can't even get people to come on his show that he agrees with. Maybe that's the barstool thing. And I know you guys made fun of this, and it's crazy that you did. I know I'm right. Is all the stuff that they talk about on the air? You know, talking about trying to bring in guys like that's that's obviously like Bob Murchison, Riccio, whoever else. They're 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 preventing those things from happening. I guarantee it. So that also well, then, makes it very difficult. Then Kirk is fucking stupid, and so is Cullinane, and they are fucking stupid because I would not allow that to happen. I would be booking guests before anything goes to air. If Kirk says it, just take it out afterwards, and book the guests then. Once they've recorded the interview, you can say in a week we've got Fred Couples. That's where I'm at too. I'm with you on that. I, I understand that he wants to talk about it all on air and that's just the way his brain works and he just he just puts it out there. But there's got to be some, some strategy that goes into this to avoid those situations because I think they would get those guests if they wouldn't talk about them beforehand, 100%. Hmm. We should get Bob on to confirm all this maybe in a couple of weeks, see if Murchison to. will just come on and let us know what he does behind the scenes. A bit like Bill, you know, a bit like Billboard Charco and Kirking off. Take us, you know, behind the curtain. Have him do it a little bit for us on, uh, on the podcast. Yes, I'm here on the computer. I'm listening. and Yeah. That, yeah, there you go. I think <laughs> I can. I have Wikipedia really. up. Yeah. I, I can build bridges. That's all I do is I bring people together. So I, That would be a great get. Bob Murchison would be a great get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did once DM his um, child and say your father's repulsive. Um, you did really? Yep, I'm, I'm a team guy. There you go, oh boy. See, you love this show. See, I love Kirk. I love the show. Love Kirk, go. make me your co-host. Oh, All right, uh, show two. So, so Monday's a bad day. We think Kirk's going away, and then then the news comes out that Sucko, the drive-in theater. Matt has sold it. The owner, Matt, sold it. It's gone. This really bums me out, Menners. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's, and I feel bad that you didn't get the opportunity to go um, because I've been to a lot of different live shows for a lot of different things. To be there that opening weekend and to go back later on to see those people. I mean, the show is obviously amazing and it's awesome. Kirk is walking around everywhere saying hello to everybody. But to be there with the people and to meet the people and, and to talk, there's so many great Minifans out there. Like, Minifans get a bad rap online. There's so many awesome Minifans, and it was, like, the perfect location, the perfect weather in the summertime. It was an awesome place. I'm going to miss it so much because it was so much a part of getting to know the Minifans and seeing the show live. It really bums me out, man. That was an awesome spot. And I hope we can find another spot like that but i don't know if we can yeah bummed oh. that i'll never make it to one i'm glad they sold it uh matt made it, some coin off it but yeah really sad that i won't be there 
like I know the Wilbur show will probably be great, but it's still it's just different, man. It's just different. Mm. It's it's a great spot, and I'm fortunate. I've got it. I've got it right here in my state. So uh, that's another reason why I love it. I'm sure, but it was just the scene of many. The scene of many great KMS moments, the 2020 show where they had a full like festival where all the Minna fans seemed to go to the two shows, that seemed like a great occasion. You know, Mayer went there and stayed in his car the whole time. I mean, you know, it's a crime scene. Uh, you had the, the was it the alarm guy? The alarm kept going yeah, off during the show. Yep. That's the and scene I'll- of Ben. That's the scene of Benghazi where Cull just fucked over all the Minifans after I, putting in hours no, to make these videos. No, no, they didn't play them. I don't, think I, I, mean, got the, I don't think I got the opportunity to do this last week, but this Kirk is 100% light, right last week when he was talking about this with the Warden of the North. Like the stolen valor on some of these guys who talk about how they got disrespected at Sako for not getting their video played. My, our motherfucking video with Kirk didn't get played, and not me, nor Ziggy, nor Sheldon. We're complaining about any of that shit. Like you're fortunate, you you do it because you love the show, and somebody's reaching out to you asking you to do a video for a show that you love. That's an honor just to do it and to have Kirk participate in it. Total honor. And our video didn't get played, and we don't give a shit. Like that's it was total accident that it happened, right? <laughs> Warden had his Poor video planning. Poor planning. No, 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 no. Warden had his video played at that motherfucker. He had that thing played. So you keep bringing this up, man, but I'm telling you. When everyone was driving out, they played it. Right, but it was the perfect It was the perfect video for them to play as an outro. You man, He got an outro on a live show. That's a, that's a huge honor. What are you complaining about? Just sad for my friends, my other Minna fans. They spend hours doing something, and Dave Cullinane doesn't take the time to watch them and organise to play them. The, the show itself was barely an hour and a half. I mean, it was just a half-ass job. I, we've been through this many times. What I want to say is Socko is, a, you know, one day there'll be a plaque out the front, and it'll be like, you know, the Kirk Minahan show did probably, what was it, five live shows there, I think? Yeah, Four or was- five? All the OGs were there. Like it was, it was, it was KMS in its prime. Unfortunately, we had Steve Robinson there for a couple of shows, which was too bad. But goddamn, great times. Some Mina fans must have had sex in their cars as well. I mean, Christened the place. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> when John from Scranton's looking at you like that, you got to take advantage. A big fucking nose of his. Oh, God. To take your eyes off him. Woo! So they'll have to find a, a new venue now because I think Kirk had had his heart set on doing a, another show there this summer. I wonder whether they'll find a different drive-in theatre, perhaps one in Australia or California or something, or whether they'll just scrap the whole drive-in idea. Well, it, there's some different spots that are close to where he is in Maine, right? So there's there's definitely opportunity out there for them. Um, they just got to find it. Um, so maybe there's not, maybe they can do it and maybe they can do it here still at the, the soccer show place, even though it's been sold. I don't know, but, um, I hope that they can, cause it was a great time. It was great people. Hopefully we can get the mentors out there too. That would be awesome. Mm. Also on uh, show two of the week, uh, Wednesday show, they brought up the fact that, or Kirk brought up the fact that it was weird of Carl to play him the Dick Van Dyke audio where he's singing with his what Carl describes as, you know, rather large wife, but, um, that yeah, poor Carl, woman. That I don't poor think you, woman. you don't have to scratch very far into Carl's psyche 
to get some ugly stuff about the way he feels about females. That poor woman got trashed up and down for two episodes now. Conan is just killing her, calling her all the, I mean, I, she's not that big, but Colin just, he just kept going for her. I, I love how his brain works on that shit, man. He just could not let that go. But Kirk was right on that. I don't know where that sound came from, why it came up. It just kind of like popped into the show. They talked about it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden Kirk remembers like, God, that was some weird sound that Colin came up with. Um, I wonder if he thought of that or if somebody DM'd him. I imagine him and Ryan are talking about that. And Ryan was like, <laughs> why the hell did Cullinan play that Dick Van Dyke song? Like, what, what the hell was that? And can you tell Carl to stop DMing me, please, Kirk? Um... Well, I mean, Ryan's a handsome man. He, he is. I got a chance to see him. That's another thing. Thank God for the Saco show. I got to see Ryan Minahan. Whoa. God, he is gorgeous. Holy shit. Mm, wow. There mm. you go. Um, oh, yeah. I think Kirk did forget, though, that Chris Clemmer was on the show with him. Like, I, I think that detail escaped Kirk about the Dick Van Dyke thing. So it kind of makes sense because of all the movie talk and their the sort of love of the history of cinema to bring in that Dick Van Dyke. It's I'll you, give color pass Dave, on that yeah, one. Yeah, look at you. You're defending Dave Cullen. Because it was interesting. It was more interesting than someone talking about some stupid take on the radio about Brady or something. Well, and, and this is the thing too, is I've noticed with, with Cullinane, like he keeps bringing up topics and he just throws them out there and seeing what Kirk will swing at. But Kirk doesn't swing at too many topics. He just doesn't. Like he, he has no time, no, <laughs> no time for war talk, COVID talk, nothing else. He's talking golf. He's talking movies. That's about it. So maybe that's also a part of just being bored in this. I don't know. But you, you got to just keep firing topics out there. So Cullinane's going to come with it. You just got to swing at the pitch, man. Reminds me of the last few months of Steve Robinson's tenure where he'd just given up and he would just come in and like bring up something about the election or something and Kirk would just go, no, nah, not talking about that. Talking and Steve about. would have nothing else. Steve was yeah, like, there's, okay. There's nothing else there, man. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so maybe that that's probably also, you talk about being impressed with having gone going through the pandemic and try to come up with topics and things to talk about when all it ever is is pandemic and, and politics and all shit that Kirk, that Kirk is right in that. It's not a great talker. Like it just doesn't, what are you going to do? It's already been said. It's been done to death. Mm. So and, and props to them for being able to do it. But man, Colin has got some weird things that he brings up too, which I love. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next topic that jumped out at me was, a little inside baseball talk that Tony Maserati or Maz might be joining the Red Sox booth. Now I'm a closet Maz, Maz fan. I've listened to the baseball reporters show, you know, for years, probably since I was listening to Kirk. Um, I love Maz. So I enjoyed the discussion about him. I would love to see him in the Red Sox booth. I listened to the full audio of Maz talking about it. I think it could happen. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I think, and and I, I think Mads would be a great fit. So do it. I I I totally agree. Um, you know, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I think Maz is very knowledgeable. I remember him being on. Uh, I don't know what it was. It wasn't first take. It was uh, morning pizza or whatever it was. I remember him being on there. He was one of the the baseball pundits there. But did you catch what Kirk was talking about with the Linda Pizzuti? Yes, where he sent her sent Maz a message as Linda. I think. 
I think Kirk does this every freaking weekend, man. Like he's how many phones does this man own? Because this is all this guy does. This is all this guy does. He just keeps impersonating people and texting them all the time. So you listen to that full audio with Tony Maz. I didn't. Did you get the impression that he was like, uh, you know, he got some marching orders from Linda Pizzuti in air quotes there and talking about that? No, he, he didn't intimate anything like that, but he was very complimentary of the Red Sox. And you can tell they're in the negotiations right now about money and details. So I think it's going to happen. But yeah, um, well, I have to say I loved Felger because Felger was in the background with Maz just going like how, you know, how, this is the best story. The fact that you've hated them and shit on them for 10 years and now they're asking you into the box. This is incredible. I mean, you know, all we've done is criticize them. You've said nasty things about them and then they turn around and offer you a job. This is incredible. Oh man. I can't, I can't like, it's unbelievable what that guy does. And what, how do you even start off that text that you're Linda? Like, Hey Tony, (laughs) Linda P here. How you doing? (laughs) <laughs> blah 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 like what a crazy person i love that shit uh, you're right he's probably got a, like a pile of phones and every weekend he's just like yeah. sending off all these random messages hoping um someone responds and he brings it up every week there's always fucking something he's always got this deep fake going on like he might as well just have a show about that he could just do that all day it's crazy agree agree um and we got into the EI talk. That was the way they, they spiked that article by Reamer about Maz. I mean, what a, what an awful place EI is. Um, and, and last thing on the Red Sox box commentary, um, as soon as Don Osillo left, that commentary box went down the hill, like Agreed. down the drain. I mean, Dave O'Brien's a nice guy, but he's a drip. So um, I think Maz is much needed. Yeah, that was, that was back when I actually watched uh, baseball and loved him and Jerry uh, working together. Um, be tough to get yeah. Jerry back. It would be it would be tough. I think they could do it. If anybody could do it, it might be that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Now, what a fucking little prick Harrison is to be asking for oh. all these demands to fly down to Magnolia. First so class tickets. I'm so glad you know, you're bringing this up. I level say, yeah. four hire car, you yeah. know, Mercedes or higher. Uh, you know, the, the hotel has to be four stars and above. Uh, you know, he wants to check out the the buffet breakfast standard before he accepts the booking. I mean, this is next level intern stuff. I I couldn't believe when we found out that Harrison wanted to fly down. But here's the deal: I don't think that Harrison actually demanded or even requested to fly down. I think he texted Dave to say, "Well, just let me know what the details are on the flight, or whatever." Like, I think he just assumed everybody was flying down. I don't know that Harrison actually requested that he needs to fly. So I think there's something that got lost in translation there. But now Harrison has to, has to, he has to ride down with Justin and Mike. Because <laughs> that, that is the best way to get any kind of that show content. You imagine him sitting in the back seat with Justin and Mike live streaming that entire thing. How good would that be? That'd be great content for the show. So my hope is, is that Harrison tells Dave, cancel that flight, whatever you're doing. If you've gotten the flight already, cancel it. I'm riding down with Mike and Justin. He has to do it. It's a bit weird that Harrison's dad will be riding down with Mike and Justin without Harrison. <laughs> I, 
if you've I've met Harrison's dad, he's an awesome guy. Awesome. Harrison also great person. Um that that is a wild scene. Those those guys in that car. I can't <laughs> I can't imagine. Mike will be crazy by the time he would I, I don't know he could handle that. It would be the stories that are gonna come from that, and again, Harrison's gotta be there to stream it. That would be better than any of the live shows, guaranteed. Because Justin is a weirdo. Mike is blind and he's Mike. And Harrison would just be silently sitting there filming all of it. And Harrison's dad is he's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy too. So I think that's what he has to do. Harrison has to do that. I'm really sad that Justin's involved with this in any way. Wow. I, I'd hope that the Minifan and the Minahan show had moved past using Justin for anything. The fact that they've roped him in to do this driving. I think it brings the whole thing down. I mean, you've got this fat load doing his terrible YouTube show. The show's moved past him. The show's better without him. All basically Kirk is doing is giving a chance for Justin to pull out a day before they're supposed to leave because that's what's going to happen. A day before they're supposed to set off in the car, Justin's going to have another little mental health break, which conveniently always happens when he has to do something. And, Mike will be scrambling at the last minute to book a $600 flight to Magnolia, which Kirk is going to have to pay for. Harrison's dad's not even going to get to go because I don't think Kirk will pay for his flight. So uh, I just think this is a disaster waiting to happen. I, I disagree because I think the only time that Justin has actually gone to these live shows is when he's had to drive Mike. So when he knows he has to drive Mike, he's in. So this is a guaranteed opportunity. Justin's going to be there. I think they do a great job. Kirk does a great job of using Justin for the show. And Justin does a great job of being that punching bag for Kirk. He doesn't do a great job about anything. Uh, that's Justin. Justin's good at this. I'm telling you. Do you watch his Justin show ever? I do. I do enjoy it. The only time I do, I still do check out at the end. Cause on the, but you know what? They do me a solid on the back third of that show. They talk a lot of video games. And by then I just kind of like check out. But I'm always tuning in. I'm a Justin guy, and he's he has a lot of hate for Clemmer. I don't know if you caught his last show. He has a lot of hate Didn't. for Clemmer. No, well, so and I love Grudge. I love a good Grudge. I'm a Grudge guy. So well, I Justin and I have a massive Grudge. Guy. We've blocked each other on Twitter a year ago. Still blocked. We have no communication, despite the fact that we did a number of shows together. I was basically his mentor for a year or so. I, I tried to make him a better producer and he just yeah, throws it back in my face. He threw it back in my face. He's just one of those no. little punks that takes, takes, no, no, takes. No, 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 no. This one, this one's on you, Menners, because we had him on this show and you could have opened up your arms and welcome the big fella in and you didn't do that. And you're going to regret that. Justin, Justin's a good dude. You need to go back. I'm not saying you need to apologize. But you got to build this bridge back up. I'm telling you, you have. I've to. tried to start again with him, but he's not interested. He's just he's got this sort of arrogant manner about him. Um, so yeah, look. Well, when we get you to the states, I'm going to make this happen. You guys are going to be best friends. I can feel it. I'm going to. I think he could look like a really good lesbian. Like I think he could transition to a lesbian. Like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a, a pussy down there or something. Because <laughs> you know, if you look at the logo from his show, he looks like he's a lesbian. Like, Come on. he's transitioned. Um, no. He's like a male that's transitioned to a lesbian. I'm, I'm look. I'm working out the way this actually works, but anyway, he certainly he, 
He reminds me of that like um, character from The Office in the end, Clark. You know, you take the glasses off and it's like a, a really attractive lesbian. In a very short amount of time on this show, you just gave Justin a vagina. This is this is an unbelievable thing that you just did to the man. It's uh, God, I love you. So they on Thursday's show, Kirk made this wild accusation that Harrison might be the worst intern they've ever had, and not even close. Not even close. I mean, Willie gets that award. Not only did he get that award, he still got it, even though he's been fired for like two years. Like he, <laughs> he's not just the worst intern in KMS history; he's probably the worst intern in any history. <laughs> but I, I love, I love Will. I love everything he did for the show. But Will is absolutely far worse than Harrison. Harrison is dependable. He's steady Eddie. He's going to give you what he gives you. He's even selling shirts at Saco. Um, you know, Will couldn't pull that off. There's no way. Will can't do that. Uh, no, so not at all. Will is the worst I, intern. I think the Harrison hate is Kirk just lighting a fire under Harrison saying, hey, buddy, like, you're not flying down. Let's be, let's yeah, but, be real but about I that. don't think it's just that. Like, I, I noticed this. Kirk has this handed down from Peter Minahan, and I hate getting into, like, psychology, but, you know, that sort of old-school Irish mentality about you've always got to be working harder and don't ask for too much, don't be a wanker. Um, and and I, I feel that Kirk still has that old-time mentality given to him by Peter, and I think there is a bit of Kirk thinking, who is this fucking little uppity asshole asking me for a plane ticket to Magnolia? Like, he's bloody lucky to have a job. That's that's true. But again, I think Harrison is kind of being railroaded in this. I don't actually think that he demanded to fly down. Agreed. I think there's something lost in translation. We're we're also dealing with people like we're dealing with men who don't do a great job of communicating with each other. Like you yeah. and I, we're connected. Um, I feel like you and I do a great job. You know, maybe that's uh, part of our feminine side. I have no idea. But we're in tune with each other. Our frontal lobe has developed. We're Expert communicators. Yeah, we're dealing with guys who are raconteurs, storytellers. Absolutely, we're we're dealing with guys who just don't do a great job of communicating because they're, you know, they're guys. Like that's just how that goes. So I think Harrison and Dave and Kirk have got to do a better job of communicating. That's it. We can help them if they need it. That's yeah, the messages probably went something along the lines of Harrison to Carl, "Hey, I'm thinking of flying down to Magnolia. Do you mind, Carl? I could get Kirk to pay for this." Okay, can you ask him? Uh, you know, Harrison probably didn't even know what he was getting into. He was probably ready to pay it himself. Maybe, maybe Colin Ain just wanted a buddy to fly down with. Who knows? You know, that, that could also be a possibility. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on Dave Colin because that's not what I do. But maybe that's what happened. I don't know. You got any show takes from the week? I do. I've got a few here. Um, so the underground pizza place. Ooh, in Norwood. Um, would you ever go to an underground pizza place with Tim and Canton? Would you ever do that, Manners? 100%. I, I love this underground vibe. And I don't actually think it's underground. I think it's just like, you know how there's shops that are underground where you go down a few steps? So yeah. I don't think there's anything shady about this. I just think it's a pizza place on the lower floor and Tim okay. and Canton's putting a bit of mayo on it. So it's like literally underground is what you're saying. Like Yeah, like it's not in it, like it's probably got a sign out in the front, you know. Because the way that the way that Tim made it sound and the way that Cullinane translated it to us, it sounds like a speakeasy. Like it sounds like there's a code word to get in. I don't 
do you have anything like this in in Australia? Because I I don't know what the hell Tim's talking about. I don't know where this place is, but I'm getting pretty sick and tired of Dave Cullinane going out to lunch with Tim and Ken. I'm going to say that. I'm going to put that on the record. He's never gone to lunch with me. Mm. I'm the biggest. Well, they Dave do Cullinane live very. They live very near each other. Well, I'll travel down there for some pizza on a Friday. I'll happily go down for some lunch with Dave Cullinane. I would I would quit my job and go do that. What I don't get the invite. What's this all about? Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a little upset. I'd, about I'd have lunch with Carl anytime. I can you know, mentor him about producing. Well, a few things. Um, f- firstly, just on the pizza place that's changed the sauce. Um, I, I think this is really bad because surely you should be able to make the same sauce again. You shouldn't just have to order it. So I think Carl needs to find a new pizza place. Like everywhere I go, you make your own sauce. So I don't understand then why they just can't make their own sauce and it tastes the same. So I think it's the right time for Carl to find a new place. Absolutely. I agree. And a pizza, your own pizza place is important. I don't know if you have your own pizza place. I know I do. Um, If you got to have that old standby that you go to, that you know what you're getting. When they Mm. change something up like that, that is devastating. So this was a very tough week. I mean, Cullinane thought he was losing his job, lost his pizza place, lost Sacco. This is this is a very tough week for him. I feel really bad. I mean, we sh- we should all be kinder to Dave Cullinane because of this. I mean, would you Definitely. agree with me? You and I. We should be kinder to Dave Cullinane because we should be like mentally challenged. Um, oh, with nice. pizza, I've got my own pizza place. So Domino's is kind of the kids' staple, okay. and uh, sometimes I'll have Domino's because. <laughs> You know, if the kids are ordering it, big deal. Um, so, you know, Domino's is, it, is okay is, if you order it the right one, thin and crispy. Um, I was going to say, is your is your Domino's, like, really greasy? Because, like Mike was saying, our Domino's here in the States is, like, it's pretty heavy, man. It's pretty thick. Yeah. You gotta yeah be I get, you if you get the rig classic crust, it's a bit too thick and heavy for me. If you get the okay. thin and crispy, it's pretty good. My daughter actually works at Domino's now, so I'm getting to learn all about it. And But then I've got a, you know, a classic Italian sort of wood fire pizza place as my staple where you get the beautiful handmade dough with the, the burnt edges. And I'm like uh, Kirk and Cullinane on this one. The Italian method is to usually undercook it a little. And I actually usually tell them I want it like crispy, you know, happy for it to to go a little black and you want, you want it to hold, you know, have a nice texture to it, not be too floppy. Agreed. You can, you don't want that flop. You got to have it crispy. I don't know anybody that would want it the other way. Honestly, I don't think, I think every pizza place should have a crisper pizza offering. If you want it floppy, you got to make it yourself folks. Don't, don't bring that to us. Cause I don't want to, I also don't want to bother waiters or waitresses. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to ask for that. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be a pain in the ass. I just need it that way. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe I'm too nice of a guy. I'm a very nice guy. I don't want to bother them and ask for it too crispy. So I'm going to need your help on that. Like I need some guidance on that because I don't want them to get mad at me and end up spitting in my food. That's my food. Yeah. I, I don't think they will get mad at you if you ask in a nice way. And I actually have a really good tactic if I'm taking the pizza home. Actually, I don't ask for a crispy, but I just put it in the oven when I get home and that warms it up a bit because, you know, you've had to drive with it, uh, makes it nice and crispy again. Uh, mm. So that's another tactic as well. You do the crisping yourself. I like that. Okay, I'm going to definitely have to do that. I'm too nice of a person. I can't ask. I don't, 
Oh, I don't want to be. I'm not a nice person at all, so I'm happy to complain and be a dickhead in a restaurant. Uh, On pizza, one area that Steve Robinson and I really connected with was uh, the way we, our our culinary tastes. You -hmm. know, we both have the same uh, taste for food. Like when he talked about what he'd have on his pizza, I'm the same. I'm like olives, artichokes, ham, mushroom, uh, mozzarella. You know, I'm like. I'm like Steve. I'm exotic. I'm adventurous when it comes to eating. So I think Steve and I could have a good dinner together. Well, so that's when he's talking about putting artichokes on a pizza. Get the fuck out of here! Like, Yum, I'm not, love artichokes. I, I'm not. I'm not capers, a, anchovies, capers, anchovies, oh. olives. Oh. oh, oh god, that is disgusting. You and that pizza should go underground. I can't. I can't handle that shit. No way. <laughs> I, I I hope to get the invite next time to dinner or lunch or whatever else is going on. Uh, so I'm very jealous of Tim right now. That's that's unfortunate. But... I, I, you ask about underground places. I do have one story about this. When I used to live in Amsterdam, there was there was a place called the Underground Bakery. Now, obviously, I think the bakery opened at seven a.m., but the bakers get there at three a.m. And if you were to knock, they had like a literally an underground sort of window. And if you knocked on that window at like four in the morning, the bakers would sell you um, product out the side window. And I think this was the bakers making a bit of cash on the side. Like I don't know if the owner knew what was going on, but, you know, in Amsterdam at four or five in the morning, you've had an ounce of weed, you've had all types of chemicals, you've had alcohol, Mm. you know, you're riding your bike. The underground bakery was incredible. Oh. See, that sounds wonderful. I got to do that sometime. That would be mm. wonderful. Show uh, takes anything else? Um, I'm really enjoying the Chris shows. Really, really am. Like, um, like I said earlier, I think he's he's the voice for us uh, more so than Mike. Like Mike, I feel like has distanced himself from the Minifans, and I think that's probably for his own good. That's not a criticism of Mike. I think that's just for his own good, and so he's more of you know just. He's a performer, but Chris is still a fan in the studio. So Chris asking great questions. Um, he's, you know, he's trying new games, which don't Terrible always game go well. on Thursday. Terrible, Terrible game. game. Terrible game. But I really like Chris on this show. Like he's trying to do different things. He's, he's you know, fighting back a little bit with Kirk. He's, he's, you know, he's engaging in Kirk, busting his balls a little bit. He's not just. I I'm I think he's taking the next step. Like I think he's getting there. Although that Mad Dog Russo impression was not good. <laughs> that was not good. But he's trying. So I wanted to put out there, and I've seen all the clamor hate on Reddit, on Twitter, and I'm telling you, he's good on the show, and he's not Carabas. So I'm enjoying the crystals for sure. I'm a huge claiming, and I really like it when he. He asked questions for Kirk that are on the Minifans' minds. We mentioned it before, but I love that when you you really feel him um, being a Minifan for a few minutes in there and um, being our voice. I really appreciate that. I don't think any other host has done that as well as Chris does. Like Mike's too scared to do that and stop reading all the stuff anyway. Um, but, but what do you think about all that hate online for Chris? I mean, it is ratcheting up in the last couple of months. Yeah, but I think I think it's like kind of lazy. Like it's just they don't like his voice, you know. Or, you know, he he has a way of annoying people because he does have strong opinions, and he has no shame in telling people that yeah, I don't have a job, I don't care, I go to see movies every day. Yeah, I 
have somebody go cut my grass instead of I don't cut it myself. I don't care. You know, so he's got a little bit of what people would determine like arrogance, maybe. But I, I Definitely. think it's just it's great for the show. Like he's just a great character. Would he be somebody that I'd want to hang out and have a beer with? Absolutely. And have those disagreements there. And he's bringing it right onto the show. So I don't know. I like, I feel like it's kind of like it's, it's lazy takes from guys hating on Reddit, which I get it. Like as good as the show is going to be and go, the show keeps getting better and better. The hate is going to keep coming. Like the, the trolls that are on Twitter, they just keep hating on it. The better the show is. So I think the Chris hate is coming you know, harder and heavier just because he's getting better on the show. I actually think the hate started when Chris had that uh, fight with Justin on the show and Chris came across as a massive asshole. I think that really ramped things up because I think until then everyone thought Chris is a nice guy and uh, everyone sort of thought, oh, you know, great to see Minifan get this chance. But then he sort of, the way he sort of spoke down to Justin and, you know, I don't like that sort of condescending chat. Uh, you know, I, I think that was bad for his brand. I mean, if I was his brand manager, I'd be steering him away from that in the future. Yeah, that's true. That was a bad spot for him. I think he's done a better job. He's recovered afterwards. But yeah, that Justin thing was really bad. That's really bad. When when you get when you're Chris and you look the way that he does and you sound the way that he does and he doesn't have a job, people don't appreciate the arrogance to then talk down to somebody that way, right? But. I don't know. I've met Chris. He's a really nice guy. I know. He's, great he's guy. a really nice guy behind the scenes in the DMs too. Like, I feel like he's pretty authentic. I'm, I'm a Clemmer fan and his show, oh boy, his show keeps giving. It just keeps giving to the kids. We will get there. We will get to budget <laughs> month. Let's finish the main show stuff. I've, I've got one. Um, I'm desperate to go to D'Agostino's with Kirk for a sandwich when I'm in Boston. So looking yes. forward to that sort of mid August. us sitting around, just me and Kirk, getting to know he's each gonna, other over a sandwich. And he's going to have a really bland sandwich, and he's going to make fun of your sandwich. You're going to make fun That's of right. his. You guys are best buddies. Yeah. just I could see you guys just holding your sandwiches up together and just cheersing them together. You know, here we go, buddy. Here we <laughs> exactly. go, best friend. I could see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything um, else from the main show? Um, I think for me, like – Cullinane's got, we talked about how his brain works. He is a different bird. There was like the last three minutes of Wednesday's show where he starts to bring up like that email that he got from Barstool out of nowhere, right? And he just like, he starts talking. I love how he starts talking about something like Kirk and Mike are supposed to know what he's talking about and nobody in the room has any idea what he's talking about. And he's just going off and Kirk is like, what the fuck are you talking about, Dave? What, what, what is this? Who is this? Like he is, I just, I love, I love Dave Cullinane. I can't help it. Everything he does just makes me laugh, man. <laughs> makes me laugh. I love a lot of material plays. there to make fun of, I will say. Oh, there is like, and he just goes and he's got, he talks. Sometimes he just talks and I can tell he has no idea where he's going to end up and he's just going. His mind hasn't caught up to where his mouth is going. That's why he gets in trouble so often because, you know, he says stuff that is wrong, makes no sense, and then he tries to defend it, and he realizes he can't, and it's just a mess. Oh, and then there was another one too after the Steve's Liar Guy song this week, which terrible, was awful, t- terrible. But he's still a legend. Uh, thank God he didn't actually retire. 
Um, but that was a very tough, that was a very tough song. It was a tough assignment. But did you notice Kirk dropped like five tough spots at the end of that? Like he kept saying, <laughs> that's a tough spot, tough spot. <laughs> Dave never picked up on that. Like he was baiting, he was baiting Dave with those tough spots. And Dave never caught on to what was going on. God, I love that sweet, simple guy. Love him. Ah, great stuff. And yeah, bad week for Steve's liar guy. Good effort, but uh, didn't didn't come Maybe through that time. time. Maybe next yeah, time. Yeah, that's my those are my show takes there. I know we got all right. Let's get into Minifan World stuff. Well, you yes. mentioned it. The Clemmer Show budget month concessions month is ended. It's budget month, and the huge news that Be a Man Harmon is going to be on um, at a theater near me on Saturday's show reviewing the new Liam Neeson movie. Uh, I would say. Most annoying people on Twitter, uh, Jason from Attleboro, Be A Man Harmon, and then everybody else is like miles to the next. <laughs> what? But Harmon doesn't tweet at that kind of volume that Jason does. So he must be doing, he must be doing something in very small segments that really bother you. Because I don't know, Harmon, I like Harmon. Harmon's, Harmon is another one you should meet. Harmon's, I think, wife, I think it's his wife, she's a smoke show. Harman's oh wow! Okay, great, I'm in. Harmon's got great taste. Um, I'm in. Okay, so and he's a TikTok. He's a he's a megastar at this point. So that's a smart move by Clemmer getting that guy in there. Absolutely, I think that's going to take his podcast to the next level. Yeah, I think Chris is fucked. Budget month. I think he needed to find a new angle to it. Whether it was something like. Okay, you know, I budgeted ten thousand dollars for the year. You know, divide that by twelve. And you get sure. a figure, and he's you know he had to stay under that figure for the month. Uh, so yeah. you know maybe he spends the budget, and there's a few days to go, and he's like, you know, begging in you know Cambridge Square for money to actually go to the movie the next day or that right. day. Like, I just think him talking about the budget every show is probably not what I expected. No, and I think he's talked about the budget every show anyway. So like it doesn't really add to the month. It's not like Kirk said, it's not really doing anything. I think from the caller they had a couple of weeks ago who made the great point and he was a great caller. I think he's the, I uh, can't remember what he was doing, but he called in and talked about how it, nobody gives a shit about him going under $10,000. Everybody wants him to spend as much money as he possibly can. Like they want him to overspend. That's more interesting to me. So if you're going to do a budget month, you might as well just go, go ham. Like make it rain out there. Spend as much money as you can on everything, uh, and just see how much money you can go with. Because I, I don't. Wh- and where do you go from here after budget month? What's the next theme? What do you do? <laughs> so you've already done concessions and budget. What's next? What would you do, Menners? What do you do? You're a podcasting genius. What do you do? What's the next? I mean, thing? end the show. I mean, he, he's taken none of my advice to make the show better. So I don't know where he goes, but I think <laughs> my idea of having a limited budget for the month was way better than yours idea of spending as much money or, 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 or if he's going to spend the money, then the rule is it's got to be his wife's money. So how much money can he spend in the month before commuter Laura packs his stuff out and puts it out the front of the house and says, <laughs> you're not sleeping in here tonight. Well, maybe that's, I, or maybe he does something where he just goes like movie theater to movie theater and you can't get, I don't know. What the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? It's a podcast about him watching movies. Well, what the fuck else is he going to do? Like 
What's the next theme? I just don't. <laughs> it's it's madness, man. Like yeah. I don't. I, I don't know because I'm not listening anymore, so I I can't really give you much. You just can't do it. You can't do it, can you? Well, I love it. I love that show. I what I want to his... do is that because you think it's a bit that I go to sleep to this show. Like two nights ago, I put on out of theater in me, and I set you know on my podcast play end of episode turn off, and yeah. I was asleep within minutes. I mean, it was like the deepest sleep I've had in years. And, you know, when I wake up, though, in the morning, it's got on my screen, Adithia me zero seconds left because it's yeah. end. So I might now, when I get up, screenshot every Minifan podcast I use to go to sleep and then share oh. it online. Like, all right, well, let's, let's move on from um, Adithia me. Speaking of, all right, now we'll get to the really bad show because this is the low light of the week was Danny my former comment guy on Men Is Live was on Montante's World. Now, I'd been reaching out to Danny recently to come as a third for us because um, he's very quiet and he'll just sort of sit there and look stupid. And actually my joke was going to be, you're the comment guy, Danny, but we're not live so there's no comment, so just sit there and listen. Um, (laughs) It would have been a good bit. Um, But he messaged me, I'm going on Montante's World. He kept knocking me back coming on this show. He said, I'm going on Montante's World, but I'll come on your show soon. And I said, look, hold on, let's just see how you go on Montante's World before I make any promises. And a couple of things really struck me um, was that Montante was suggesting that the KMS network be given to the Mincel guys for them to run it. And Danny just lumped me in with them and said, oh, yeah, the Mincel guys or Menace could run it. I'm just like, okay, that's it. You're fired. I mean, you know, I'm at a level far above the Mincel guys. So you, not like Chris level, but in terms of you know, production level, experience on the Absolutely. network. Um, so lumping me with them was a, just the end. And also... When I listen to Dan, he's fucking boring, like monotone, (laughs) like very flat. He says some semi-interesting stuff, but it was, it was very flat, low energy. And yeah, he's a menace guy. He was supportive at times, but yeah, it was bad look. He's a sweet guy. He's a sweetheart. I love Danny. He's a nice guy. I hate his kid Max as well. Like I've got, I've got DMs of his kid in my phone. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to look at photos of my own kids like <laughs> well that's that's not good you can't you can't send your pictures of your kids danny you can't do that uh and lumping you in with the mincel guys doesn't make sense i mean those guys are are nice guys they're off doing their thing with their brackets or whatever whatever the hell they're doing but i mean you're so much better than that manners i i agree with you there but don't give up on danny yet I haven't given up on him. Lovely guy, but he's no longer involved with Men Is Live. And actually, I told him it's it's not just him, but the show's kind of um, I'm I'm cancelling the show at the moment, so I've made all the positions redundant. Um, so there's there's no there's no pay actually. There's no money coming in to pay um, production of Men Is Live. Next bit was, and this was a good one actually. And and this is a tip for all you Minna fans out, out there. I love it when you go on Kirking Off. So they had Sigmund Freudahan on Kirking Off. Mm-hmm. You know, he went on as his character, but he's a real therapist. And uh, the episode was fine. I really enjoyed getting to know another Minifan. Like, you know, I loved it when Top Gun went on. I think it's great if you're on Twitter and you don't do content, go on Kirking Off. Uh, people get to know you. Um, Blind Mike's daddy was like hungover for the show, but I didn't notice there was no difference. But um, yeah, good episode. I I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not a big. I am a fan of 
I, I am a big fan of Sigmund Freud him, but uh, my my issue with him is he has the worst selfies I've ever seen, just the absolute worst. And I don't know, he won't stop. And there was one time where I commented on one, <laughs> and he just keeps going now. And I fear that he's just going to do this forever. And I, nobody needs those selfies. Don't like don't. That, that's for Instagram. That's for Facebook. Nobody wants this on their Twitter. So please, please stop doing that. But I did enjoy him on Kirkinoff. And it was great because I feel like he was bringing some heat for for Daver, and Daver didn't like it. Um, which Daver is very sensitive. He's a very sensitive Mina fan. I don't know what happened to him, but him and Montante are both very very sensitive, and it shows. I mean, they've been on some shows, and they just can't handle the criticism or even just simple ball busting. I don't know what's going on with that. So I'll yeah, give they're both very thin skinned. I think is appropriate. You know, they can't yeah. take any sort of blowback, Daver. Maybe Cullinane's right. It's just a little bitch. He's a, and David would like he was backtracking. He was backpedaling on just about every tweet he was sending. Like I don't, his tweeting style is different, man. I don't. I don't. He needs to have another twisted T and just relax and calm down. It's all just busting balls. Don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Next bit of Minifan content. There's actually been a lot of Minifan content recently. So congratulations to everyone producing it. Uh, I do love it when there's um, you know, a lot to listen to. We had a basically an ad for the Democrat Party. It was really weird. So I was all aboard with um, Tim, Ned, and Adam, and and they were just fucking sucking Biden off, saying how much they hate the Republicans. You know, they were all talking about how they're they're on their fourth booster for the vax. They were they were podcasting with masks on. It was incredible. Uh-huh. I didn't know about them. They were all um, you know saying how much they love Hillary Clinton. Incredible. Not my Ned. No, oh, this is terrible. No, yep. oh, no. Yeah, should go and listen to it. That whole wow. right-wing stuff that they say online, um, I think a bit of a, all smoke and mirrors so that the Minna fans like them. But if you listen to the latest All Aboard, wow. Um, wow, sounds they, like uh, Adam. Sounds like Adam's really gotten to them. That's terrible. I hate to hear Adam that. Adam played wow. a great game, actually. Uh, it was a bit like a Clemmer game. I think it was like an over or under on crime stats. So he was saying to like, um, you know, Tim and Ned, okay, over or under, there's been 40 cops shot this year so far, and they would have to guess whether it was over or under. Um, oh. So it was a fun so game. He's doing over. he's doing over, under on police killings. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting move. All right. No, no, not shot and killed, just injured. And I think oh, it was okay. 87 right. was the number. I think 87 <laughs> was the number. Um, Next bit of Minifan content, and I say this very loosely, and I'm only going to mention this really quickly, but I I think the Beyond Average podcast guys took what I said on the last show the wrong way. Like they heard all the stuff about them being talentless and I don't like the show, but they didn't hear where I said I'm glad they're on the network and I encourage them to keep going. They said a few main things about me. Uh, what's funny, though, is two things. A, Christian du- Christian Mike's mixed co-host doesn't listen to KMS at all. Maybe listen to a couple of minutes to to feel like he knows something. But he's not a Minna fan. He doesn't listen to the show. So I think it's really weird. You've got Mick talking about KMS and then Christian just comes on at the end to talk about the other stuff. I mean, shouldn't you at least have to listen to the show to be on the network? I thought that. I thought that was like a uh, kind of a, a guiding principle to the network was that you had to listen. So and that is how I know he doesn't listen because he said about me that I'm just desperate to hear my name on the main show. That's all I want. Like, I just want them to mention me once on the main show. Now I'm not like, I'm not counting up how many times I've been mentioned, but I've certainly 
been mentioned on the main show a few times in its history. And if you'd listened to the show, I think you'd know that. I think, you know, maybe in the last couple of months I haven't been explicitly mentioned, but I've been in, you know, every show I'm implied. I mean, every show there's an underlying reference to you or I from Kirk. That's true. There, There is this long troll game that Kirk is playing, which I really enjoy. The more he hints around you and doesn't mention you, I actually really enjoy. I think you might enjoy Same. it too. Yeah. So, but I, just a I, bad take from Christian because sorry. I'm actually enjoying the opposite now, where I don't get mentioned. Like, right? They they used to make fun of my height, my cafe. I mean, I gave them a lot of material and they ran with it. But a terrible take to think, oh, I want to be on the main show. As I've said, this is perfect for me now. I'm not a clout chaser. I'm not after attention. You and I talk about Kirk stuff. Minna fans listen to it, and that's all I want. That's all Absolutely. I want. Yeah, and I think I would advise Christian to, to go back and listen while he can because you've noticed, I think you've probably noticed, that they're losing they're losing more episodes, those older episodes. You can't find them anymore. So you gotta you gotta get back, you gotta catch up quick here, Christian, because pretty soon. That's actually not true. So because no, no, I just Cullinan, well, I saw it on iTunes anyway. That's that's on my but, but, iTunes. But because Cullinan doesn't know much about podcasting, I'll fill him in that what happens Please. is all the apps, you can actually go in and set how many episodes. Uh, are displayed so oh. there's probably a setting on barstool where they've actually limited the amount of episodes on itunes which some people do because it's when you look look at it it's sometimes look better if it's shorter you um so yeah uh, oh so you, can you definitely can said this. that and you can oh, find okay. them they will all be somewhere online pod bay is a good one pod bay keeps them all so if you ever want to find an old KMS show Pod Bay is the place to go. Ah, look at you. Okay, well, you listen. You're the podcast master. Okay, well, still Christian should get out there. He should do some listening. He should do mm-hmm. do some research uh, to figure out what Manners is all about. Because I mean, this is years and years now of you've been being mentioned on the show now not being mentioned on the show. So exactly, I think that's that's an out of date take by Christian. That's too bad. I hate to hear that. That's a shame. And I didn't like the kind of. I don't know if it was like anti-Semitic undertones, but they were they're saying I look like someone from New Jersey and making jokes about the you know town of New Jersey because I think it's very Jewish and you know I, I just didn't like that kind of you know sort of schneid anti-Semitic stuff. I don't think it's very endearing and it wasn't overt, so I don't think they should be cancelled from the network. It wasn't as egregious as some of the stuff Montante or, um, you know, Channel Zero guys have said on the network in the past. But I, I just think Mick and Christian are better than that, like the anti-Semitism they can probably leave behind. Yeah, maybe maybe that was for Steve Robinson. Maybe they're playing to his hits, which they don't realise Steve's no longer there. So, you know, hating on Jewish people is really frowned upon now that Steve is gone. So maybe they could change that up because that's not Dave Cullinane's style at all. So. No, and I'm not Jewish, but I have Jewish blood. I have Jewish family. So I I found that a bit distasteful as a Holocaust survivor. Um, Mm. All all right. Um, Now some reviews, some Minifan reviews. This is from Baldhead from York. Menas to KMS second chair. Menas evolves as a host every week. He elevates Red and VD. He brings out the best of other hosts. Minna fandom is starting to get really close to the same level as KMS. Love that. Wow. I will masturbate to that review later on. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Next one. This Now, this is from VD, or as he's called himself, 80s Villager, and it's shrill, but still five stars. 
Muffle the scream queen red. He's become so shrill. He's breaking Bluetooth speakers. Menna's songs red until he can speak without hurting dog ears is preferable. Still five stars, though. I think I think I have a nice deep voice. I don't know what. I mean, I could really get it deeper, too, if we need to. I don't. The shrill thing. I mean, if you're going to make fun of me, which I appreciate, you got to be accurate in your takes. I, I love a good ribbing, but. Come on, come on, VD. Mm. Don't do that to me. Be accurate, please. Now, speaking of VD, just to illustrate to the listeners how desperate he is, we were scheduled to record at 10 p.m. Boston time, same time as last week, three minutes before um, we're supposed to record VD in my DMs. How did the recording go? So I think he knows we're about to record. He's just hoping I'll drop a link. Then he goes, how did the recording go? When does the show drop a minute later? Then a question mark when we're halfway through the recording. Then he's just sent me a message. Did Red not show up? So <laughs> I have many, to say. How many DMs do you get from him? If, if he was an attractive woman, I would be loving this kind of attention. But oh. unfortunately, he's not. He's far from that. <laughs> All right. Last review. Uh, one star. Thumbs down. Red stinks. That was Michael Montante. Oh, well, let's get into the listener me. questions. This is from Grape Rockefeller. Will there ever be a 1v1 Red versus Montante? I'm not opposed to going on anybody's show, except I'm going to need Montante if I ever do go on his show. I'm going to need him to uh, not be racist. I think it's probably So that's what I'm concerned about. So I was thinking the opposite. Do I ask him on this show? Do we get Mm -hmm. him in as a third chair or just like maybe like we did with John, he starts off and does 10 minutes with us and then we bounce him out. Um, But a bit like you, I'm worried about the racist stuff. I guess it's not live and I have the ability to edit out, um, you know, his Nazi call to action or whatever he's going to do. So, um, yeah, it might happen. an update think, on you gone. I, I was gonna say I think I think he should come on here. If he's if we're gonna have a Montante discussion, I think he should come on the show. Like you said, you can at least edit out so we can get the the hateful rhetoric out of the show mm. you know, that he just kind of like casually just spews out. I think we should do that. So. Like we we'll record an hour and a half, and maybe we get twenty five good minutes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of guests, I think I've secured a guest for the next show. And um, a bit more taking care of business. There will be no Minna fandom next week. Uh, Red and I are both taking the week off. But the week after, I'm really hoping it's going to be one Mayo making his return to Minifan no. content. So keep your fingers crossed. Um, well, hopefully he can get out of his car and actually record that with us. That would be wonderful. Yep. All right, next, listen to a question from the beautiful Lauren Lynn, the beautiful. Am I a complete moron or does today's game make the least sense yet? Don't answer that. She's not a moron. She's a beautiful, attractive woman and very intelligent. And then he asked, and someone please make a list during these activities as I suggested to Kirk Club. I thought today's game was very hard to follow by Chris Clammer or Thursday's game. I have no idea what he was doing. I I like his games because I like to try to play them, you know, with, with other people and try to mimic those games. I have no idea what he was saying, and he was leaking confidence as soon as he brought up that game. So I feel like if he had more confidence, he'd be able to explain it better. But it was very, very confusing to me. I have no idea what he was doing. And I don't know how you don't have Jaws on your movies. I don't know how, if you, if you, how you feel about Jaws. I love that movie. 
Uh, I feel like that should have made a list somewhere there in the 70s, but I couldn't figure out the games. I had no idea. I couldn't even criticize the picks because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I think Lauren's right, though. Cullinane in the producing booth has to be taking notes along with the game well, so he listen, can help them along. Listen, you can't you can't blame him for this one. I mean, this this was a banana land game that he had set up. There was no way to understand the rules. I don't even know what Dave's supposed to be writing down. Kirk is yelling at him the whole time, trying to figure out what to do. This one, you can't blame on Dave Cullen. I'm sorry, you just can't do it. You can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question from uh, B Skittles. Do you think Justin will ever realize that he actually ruined KMS while he was on it? And it's not just a bit that is terrible at everything. His brief appearance on yesterday's episode almost ruined my day. So I think that was the audio they played on Wednesday about the, they were going to make a, a joke to Clemens, spoil Batman. What a, a dastardly plan. Well, I, the the Justin sound was actually pretty good too because there's also him talking about the one-star reviews. So like the Justin hate for Clemmer is interesting to me, but I don't know what Skittles is talking about. Justin was always great for that show. Even when he's losing him $29,000, it's still interesting content. So I think that take is is uh, fugazi is what I think. Mm. Um. Yeah, I agree. Justin was terrible. Just terrible. Probably the second worst intern. Intern. You've got Will, Justin, um, Nick, Harrison. Has there been anyone else? What about uh what is that? DK or whatever? What the hell is that? Oh thing? yeah, um DJK. DJK, yeah. He's probably in there somewhere. He's certainly above he's certainly above um Justin and Will. Uh that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I could well. No, I wouldn't put him above Justin because Justin time served. Justin put in a lot more work. Like, how much of it was worthwhile? And how how often did Justin bail at the last minute? Twenty nine k Madawaska. But 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 beyond those live shows, like obviously he made mistakes, but again, he created great content even when he's making mistakes. DJK did very little for the show. He had like a a JV version of what you do, Menners. You you'd agree with that? Like he was a he was a poor man's Menners. So I, I I really feel like it's Will then DJK, and then Justin. But I'm giving DJK more marks because his YouTube videos were phenomenal and actually got like tens of thousands of views on them. And apart from Julie DeCaro's um, reading by Justin, he everything he did was a failure. All right, next yeah. question. Steve Robinson's Subaru. Should Mina fans be worried about Kirk seeming detached from all world events except golf? Good question. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I just feel like he's probably bored with the setup, right? He's just kind of bored with that show. So he's not swinging at a lot of those topics that, that uh, Cullinane has given him, right? And there's, I mean, who the hell wants to, I don't, I don't want to hear them talk about Russia, Ukraine, do you? Like, I don't, I can get that somewhere else. So, but, no. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't want to hear that stuff. I just think... Uh to Steve Robinson Subaru's point. I do think it is one of those things when your mental health is something you're struggling with that actually becomes sort of your focus and you actually stop caring about those other things. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I want Kirk to do his show. I want less of world events, more Minifan events. I, if the whole show were just Minifan shit, uh, I would be happy. That's true. That that was a great part of the network and everything else going on when Kirk and Steve and 
Mike felt comfortable engaging with Minifans fans on Twitter and the craziness. That that was the inside Minifandom fandom stuff is is what I was about. And that's true. Jackson that from Australia. What's the capacity of two good eggs for our live show? Obviously, Jackson does a great show, great and show. Uh, yeah, we can get a we can get all our listeners in. No problem, Jackson. Um, Francis Satrial is Kirk just as addicted to KMS as Minna fans are. I mean, I think yes. Kirk's addicted to like people listening to him. He's got an audience, and he likes that. He loves it. He loves this show. He loves the Minna fans. He'll hop in DM threads. He should not be in with Minna fans. Um, you know, he's all over the Reddit reading that stuff. He loves this shit. And you got to respect it. I would love it too. Ted Sarandis. Assuming Kirk is serious about stopping in June, do you anticipate a rapid decline in fan interest as a result? Well, duh, Ted. If there's no show, how, what can we be fans about? Yeah, and, and I when Kirk was talking about it earlier this week, he was talking about the live shows and do this and do that. And it, it becomes very hard for fans, I would think, to be able to be invested in this show knowing that it was only going to be live shows, knowing it was going to be every once in a while. Like it's it's a day-to-day thing. You can't plan on it. How could you spend a weekend somewhere, travel somewhere, you know, get plane tickets and think that the show is going to happen when it, it might not even go off, you know? So I, I don't know how that would even work. I can't imagine, you know? Mm. And, and just to, when they go on holiday, you can really see sort of Twitter just completely die. The minute fans sort of crawl away into their holes and go away for a while. So I imagine it would be the same thing. Yeah, I would think so. It's, it's very hard to keep that up. Now, this is a question for you from Ted. Who do you think is the most humorless minute fan? Um, well, I think we referenced it earlier. I think anytime anybody can come on and, and just have a list of gripes, and that they just kind of go through their list of gripes about a show that they don't even listen to. I think that probably is pretty humorless, but I mean, guys got to You got to have fun with the shit. You got to have a sense of humor. You got to, we're just busting balls, man. You can't yeah. I've never taken serious. it too seriously. I lost my mind or no, yelled of course not. uncontrollably nonsensically like fucking raving lunatic. So no, that's not you. That's we'll not, not be pointing the finger, not nope. be pointing the finger. Not um, you. I'm not humorless though. I've always done it with a uh, with a good humor, even when I'm merciless, mercilessly savaging someone. I agree with that. In- you you humor. always do it in a funny way. It's the other guys who try to mimic what you do. Like the guys, the the JV menors out there. Like you guys can't do it. Like just don't even bother. Try to do something else. And this is a question from me, from Ted, to end it. Who is your all-time Australian? Who is your all-time favorite Australian golfer and tennis player? Well, this is a downer to end things, but I'll give you my answer, Ted, because you're a great listener. So Pat Cash is my favorite men's Australian tennis player, obviously retired a long time ago. And then Ash Barty. I mean, she's the world's number one at the moment, just won the Australian Open. So uh, that's an easy one. Golfer, i got to say Adam Scott for winning the Masters. He was the first Aussie to do it. Australia had a real desire to see a player win it. And, you know, Norman crashed out in 96, I think it was, that famous choke. Um so, yeah, when Adam Scott won the Masters for the first time, that was huge. And as I said to Kirk, man, let's just go to the Masters together. I mean, you got two tickets. Come on, buddy. Like, And I don't understand the Masters thing. Like, he won't just commit that he's going to it. Like, who would have Masters tickets and not go? I just don't understand that either. So, uh, yeah, you should definitely go there, Manners. And I didn't – is Greg Norman, the hate for Greg Norman? Kirk brought that up earlier. People actually <laughs> don't like Greg Norman because I love Greg Norman. 
I mean, he's a hero in Australia. So Australians, especially when Norman was at his peak, you know, we used to love it when an Australian would go and do well on the international scene. So the shark is, uh, you know, a hero here. But I have to say we do make a lot of fun of his naked photos in Australia on his wow. Instagram. You know, it's it's a bit of a meme here, like Norman's mod- modelling. His wife is a that. smoke show too. It's an absolute smoke show. So good for him. But yeah, but not great about the Saudi thing for the shark. Um, but yeah, oh. obviously a hero growing up. I think he's got a hammer too. I think he's I think he's packing. So good for him. Oh yeah, boy. Good on him. Yeah. Well, that is it for Minna Fandom, Red. Do you have anything else you want to add to the listeners? You're taking a week off next week. Taking a week off, uh, getting out of town. I'm gonna miss you the most, Menners. Um, I'm gonna love the show, but I'm gonna look forward to get back into you with two weeks. I don't know what that's going to be. Hopefully Mayo, whatever it is, but I'm going to miss Just us, whatever. It doesn't matter. Be a great show. Yeah, I'm off next week as well. I couldn't do the show without Red and I'm snowed under with work. So won't even actually have – next week could be one of the times where the shows actually bank up and I listen to them all on the weekend. One of those rare occasions where just got massive days. So, yeah, um, thanks, everybody, that have listened to Minna Fandom. Uh, thanks for all the questions. Thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for all the reviews. Uh, you know, this, this is the Friday show. This is, you know, the extra show for you, all you Minna fans out there. And uh, we'll be back soon.